0: It's a craft. You keep working and tinkering and you keep working at it without, yeah, of course you have the certain objectives and goals and like, yes, point your foot, you know, sort of things. It's not just like, woo, but it's, it's it's the journey in a way that's supposed to be the most fulfilling thing.
1: Hey dancers, welcome to the show. I'm Julie and I'm your host today on this episode of Broge Banter. I both own and teach at Broche Ballet, a virtual ballet school just for adults. Join us as we explore all things adult ballet. Today on the show, I chat with India, who's a professional ballerina and floor bar instructor living in France. We talk about what floor bar is, why we think adults should be taken seriously in their ballet education, and a little bit about the hierarchical system of professional ballet in France. It's a fascinating conversation full of so many tidbits about ballet history, ballet itself, and plenty of inspiration. Enjoy! Welcome to the show, India. I'm so excited to get to chat with you today.
0: Hi! It's so nice to meet you.
1: <laughs> so where are you, where are we talking, where are you calling me from?
0: Um, I'm in Metz, uh, in France. so it's one hour and a half from Paris and I'm actually here to work um, I'm rehearsing Romeo and Juliet with the ballet company here so yeah
1: oh that's beautiful yeah how long have you been there
0: um I got here last week
1: oh wow okay
0: Yeah. first week of rehearsals done
1: <laughs> oh my gosh and where did you where were you right before this
0: uh I was I was in Paris you okay
1: know, yeah
0: Doing my life <laughs> <laughs>
1: But you haven't been in Paris forever. You you tell me a little about your a little bit about your journey that's led you to where you are now.
0: Um, yeah, I was born in Los Angeles, California, um, trained there, and then I moved to New York uh, when I was seventeen uh, to train with Gelsey Kirkland. And uh, then there was that period uh, where she had a ballet company, and uh, I did that all in you know five years, and then I moved here. Uh, to paris uh and it was pretty unexpected i just wanted to come for like a sort of vacation thing and um i ended up staying here uh, because i like the teachers and i discovered floor bar so (laughs) they didn't have zoom back then so (laughs) there you go
1: We've been we've been living parallel lives. I grew up in San Diego where I started my life and then moved to New York City. And then as we were just chatting before the call, we may or may not have been in the same intensive in the summer at the Gelsey Kirkland first summer intensive program.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We definitely so funny. We're
1: gonna have to check some dates on that and see what yeah. we were there. That would be really funny if we happened to have been in the same one.
0: Yeah. I think so. Yeah. <laughs>
1: So, okay, so floor bar is now a big part of your life. You're still performing as a, as a dancer, obviously, but you also have gotten super into floor bar. What, what is floor bar? Let's start off with that as a question.
0: Yeah, uh, well, floor bar, I think uh, globally speaking, it's the whole idea of uh, to train your alignment and strengthen to put yourself on the floor and do ballet movements on the floor. Um, I know there is a Romet method, you know, And, um, that is, uh, one way to do things. Uh, I, I almost want to say it looks a little bit like Pilates, but I'm not going to butcher anything here. And then, uh, and then there's another method, um, which is the Boris Nyesef method that I teach. Um, and then I, you know, I think, uh, in general, what a floor bar, uh, Sometimes I think sometimes it can be sort of mixed with stretch and conditioning class, you know. Okay, let's let's do some exercises on the floor. But uh, the method that I teach, and I know the Zena Romet method, uh, it's very it's methodical. Mm-hmm. And uh, so yeah, <laughs> uh, so that I well see I got into it. You know, it's something when I first came to Paris. It was all very innocent. Uh, I was doing a lot of Pilates in New York, um, semi-privates. I was doing it like with a girl from ABT. And uh, I really needed that because um, I had a hip injury. And my doctor, who actually did Suzanne Farrell's hip replacement and Baryshnikov's knee surgery, he's really good. Gelsa got me in with him. But uh, he suggested that I do Pilates to get super strong because I – I kind of fractured my hip in a really weird area. And he said he's never seen that before. And I, and I, I think it's because of the modern trends. Like, I, I think I, I got it at an oversplit angle, point blank. And I don't think my hips were made to oversplit at the degree that I was doing them. Um, but I had to get my legs up. And uh, so when I came to Paris for vacation, I heard about this floor bar. And even when I was little in LA, Uh, We had a teacher, a French teacher, and she gave us floor bar. Mm -hmm. And so I heard, oh, I hear these like Paris Supper people, they do floor bar, you know. So and uh, at that time, because things, I mean, back then they didn't like even have soy milk in France. And like they didn't have kale, didn't have any of that. So there was not a lot of like, it's not like it's not New York where you can go and get a Pilates class. It still isn't. So, but I saw like, Barosol, so I saw signs for floor bar everywhere. And I said, Oh, this is like French women's Pilates. And, and women of general, like in general, of regular French women, it's like their mat Pilates class American. It's like parallel, like for them, floor bar, it's normal. Um, it's the thing, you know, they go and they do it at lunch, like Pilates, like same exact sort of you know. And so I said, well, I'll take, you know, because Gail says, you remember, she did this chord in had to do 45 minutes of warm-up. So I said, well, you know, I found a studio where they had floor bar before the technique. class." I said, OK, well, I'm going to do some floor bar. And I liked it. And then I was walking down the street one day and I ran to this guy who was dancing for Beja, like incidentally. And he said, what do you like about being here? And I said, I like this floor bar. And he told me, you have not the real floor bar until you go to Jacqueline's class. <laughs> and he's like, this is the class where Sylvie Guillem used to go to every day and every single at twelve passed through the class and blah blah blah. And he said this she's a tough cookie, but she that is the real thing. And you know, um, injuries, maternity leave, this she's the lady to go to. So I went there and you know that was kind of like the, the the day of the rest of my life <laughs> here because she was an amazing teacher and she taught the NSF method. Uh, because, uh, she, you know, it's pretty recent Boris Niesf was around world war two. He made the method and then, uh, he had his students, a lot of great students and she was one of them. And I guess when he retired or finished, uh, she took over the classes, uh, because Nareev told her to she went to lunch with Nureyev and Eric Brun and they were like, you should really get back with that floor bar, Jacqueline, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so,
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, a lot of history.
1: So she's only one generation away from the OG floor bar. Wow. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. He, Yeah. She's one generation away and uh, she, you know, kind of recently retired. Wow. So it's, yeah. Yeah, so it's pretty, and my teachers, I mean, uh, she was the lady to go to. I mean, if you said Jacqueline, it's always a very strong response. It's like, oh, God, or oh, oh, yeah, she's great. It's always like a thing. (laughs) (laughs) And she was, you know, she was a legend (laughs) and a tough cookie. (laughs) That's
1: funny. Uh, I just want to go back and pick up on one vocab word that I think our audience will enjoy. What's an an etoile?
0: Uh, it's a principal dancer, um, or it's a star, Etoile means star, and so the, they have a very hierarchical system in Paris Opera and they have the different, you know, core and soloist ranks, and then they have like première danseur, première danseuse, it can translate to like first soloist, and then Etoile, it's like when you get nominated on stage. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) you can look up the videos, the nomination videos. It's quite a, it's a special thing.
1: (laughs) That's so cool. I know that little bit about the nomination, only the ranks itself. How fun is that? What a great, what a great little tidbit.
0: The rest is a competition over there. And I've, I've been lucky enough to attend it. It's You, I mean, a competition, it's called the concours, and there's, I mean, everywhere in French culture, it's competition. It's like the exams, 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 the the top two scores get the promotion or the spot at at the medical school. It's very much like that. And so in Paris Opera, if you want to get, let's say, a promotion, they have the posts that are free, and then you present a solo Uh, two solos a required solo and then a freestyle solo like one that you want from the rep and they go and they all perform it and you're not allowed and you have to get an invitation it's like a close thing so i was able to attend and it was i mean that was it was like a gladiators it was very interesting to attend because at the end of the solo you can't clap and they're like number 100 this girl for the post of soloist and it's kind of like it's like a competition without clapping well they they score them so it's supposed to democratize things in a way but it is it's a that's i it's pretty tough but you know the director gets one vote but the nomination to etoile it's a promotion which you know it's not it doesn't have to be through like a sort of bureaucratic system like that
1: Mm -hmm. yeah how what do you think about that in comparison with other ways I mean it seems to me like you know kind of thinking about pro- other professional companies especially here it's a little bit more like you're not sure how someone gets promoted or it's like rather random and arbitrary versus a more scored system what are, what are your thoughts on that difference
0: I think I mean I think there's pros and cons because I well you know in any case I personally think this maybe I'm you know in my humble opinion disclaimer you know Uh, I think if the director really likes you in the concours, you can fall on your butt and still get promoted. It's happened before. And if if you're really required to get that score... To get promoted, you can also fall on your butt and not get that promotion, even if you danced a bunch of principal roles that whole year. So there's people like uh, the principal in uh, San Francisco Ballet, Mathilde uh, Froste. She was really frustrated with the concours system because she was getting a lot of soloist and principal roles, but she couldn't jump that rank. So I could see how that wouldn't work, you know. So I I, I think that's a it's a very jarring system. But uh, (laughs) I think democracy is easier said than done. So
1: (laughs) if that that isn't the wisdom for the time, I don't know what is. Yeah.
0: (laughs) So, but yeah, I think the whole the principle of it is that um, it also can keep people in shape because at every year you can present a solo on stage Mm -hmm. until you're forty two. Two solos on stage and work on something, so something to work for instead of just you know waiting and waiting. So there's definitely pros and cons, but I think it's quite intimidating. You just want to hope someone like a fairy godmother will give you a
1: promotion, right? <laughs> yeah, I, know. I can feel my palms sweating just thinking about it. It seems very yeah, Oh,
0: it's the most stressful thing in the world. One of my friends who who did it, uh, she was like, I thought it was just going to be a show. Her first conch, she was like, I thought this was going to be like a show without like without clapping and she was like <gasps> she went on it was like pas classic and she was like <gasps> and it's with the piano and you wear like just like white like no costume like white uh leotard and white tutu and then for the uh, free choice variation you get to wear a costume but still the blue screen that is you know if you're like nervous like I get for things I don't think I would fare well in that
1: system <laughs> <Just saying. laughs> You need to, like, be able to walk over hot coals to, like, be able to withstand the nerves for that kind of an event.
0: <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. It's very stressful. And it's, it's just, like, I can even feel the atmosphere for some people. I remember once I was taking gyrotonics and the girls in my class uh, had the concours. And it's just, like, a very stressful. And even, um, I don't know why I know so much about this, but um, the about democracy is that, you know, you still have your performances and everything and you have to find that extra time and a teacher to rehearse with. Mm. So um, actually uh, you have to put your name. The only way to reserve a studio is if you put your name down the day of. So there are people waking up at 5 a.m. to put their name down on the studio. You know what I mean? Like crazy.
1: Oh my goodness. The things-
0: actually, people- I think it's chaotic. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Oh my goodness. The things people do for, for the moment on stage. I mean, I get it. It's, it's very exciting and it's, and it's very coveted, but also it, you know, when you're not in it, it out, outside looking in, you're like, that is a lot, that is very, I
0: think, I think unless someone's flown through the ranks, I'm just making a wild guess. I think every, because there's 154 people there, I think they'd say it's a soul killing system. <laughs> Some of the people got chook, 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 like Sylvia Guillaume or there's one, uh Louie every year chook, chook, Unless you were like that, you know, it's, it's, you know, there's some real cons with that.
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, so I, I could, I mean, I could honestly listen to you talk about the pro world all day, but I want to get yeah. <laughs> into a little bit more about floor bar and into um, I, a couple of things that are interesting about this. Number one, it it's normal in France, which is very interesting. Are the women also taking regular ballet as well, or is it floor bar just completely standalone and its own kind of activity?
0: It's pretty, it can be pretty standalone. I think there's some who do, but I've met all sorts of ladies who they just do the floor bar. Yeah. And in Jacqueline's class, I literally had, there were some étoiles in the class with some ladies coming to the floor bar on the lunch break. And, you know, and it was, and it was that whole, like, you know, democratizing ballet thing. Like you and Hugo Marchand, like you got to do X, Y, Z exercise. And you didn't do it not good. She used to, back in the day, she used to kick out people. So you got to get with the program. So exhilarating lunch break, <laughs>
1: so, you know, but so do you teach, do you teach mostly adults when you teach floor bar? Do you teach kids? Do you teach pros? Who are you teaching when you're teaching floor bar?
0: I'm teaching adults pretty much. Um, I have one child and I teach, I do teach a number of people with a ballet background, uh, but it's mainly adults you know, and I started teaching French women who are not ballet dancers because they wanted barrosol in their lunch break, you know, so <laughs> that was where my experience started.
1: <laughs> that is so awesome. Um, so I always love to talk with people who also teach adults. Um, what do you, what are your thoughts about adults potential? Can they improve? Can they get more flexible? Can they get stronger? How much of this can they learn? What are your thoughts on, on that working with adults?
0: Uh, well, I'd like to start with one quote of my teacher Jacqueline, which is, and hear me out. She said, uh, "Limitation is only a physical sensation." <laughs> that doesn't mean break, uh, you know, go and take that cement block and like you know Bruce Lee or something and with your hand. But uh, but I think uh, I I absolutely I've seen it with my clients. Uh, number one, the biggest difference is any really nagging injuries that they've had for years or hip replacements, knees, ankles, if there's a replacement, I have somebody in my class with it, and it's enormously relieved them. Mm -hmm. And I've seen people finally improving their turnout, finally, like at 70. Someone told me, I'm doing my best dancing now at 70, you know. Mm -hmm. So I do think so, and I think the idea, I think the little riddle in what my teacher meant to say is it's more like, The physical idea of thinking and putting limitations on yourself is just a sensation. The thoughts are just a physical sensation in a weird way, you know? Yeah,
1: right. We're not saying, um, you know, have someone sit on you in a frog stretch, but the the thought is that if you believe you won't be able to improve your turnout, then you certainly aren't going to work hard enough to actually see the improvement in it. So you have to first believe in your mind that you can, and then you can put in the hard work that's required. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And I, my teacher did it in a really tough love way, you know what I mean? So, uh, so anyway, you know, I remember she was saying one dancer got promoted to first dancer, premier danseur, and then he became an Etoile. And she was like, "I see a lot of first dancers with bent knee in fifth position, plenty of them." You know, she was always like, chick, chick, chick. "Sylvie Guillem didn't like to wear point shoes," you know. She that's why
1: she does modern,
0: you know. <laughs> <laughs> who wants to you know what i mean with a leg like that who wants to do a pique manège and the third act with a foot there and a knee back there like so it was really funny <laughs> but uh but no i mean um i'm even today after this i'm i'm having um a semi private with two women and uh they are you know over sixty and they have real improvements and they're making real real breakthroughs in ballet and uh they always tell me that they like that i hold them to a certain standard, you know? Right. Yeah, and, and it's, it's, it gives like some dignity to people. I think what um, mm-hmm. adults who study ballet, what they can't stand the most is how patronizing it is. And even I was watching um, a video of a floor bar. Uh, he's not a floor bar teacher, but he studied with Jacqueline. And in one live stream, he was like, okay, grandma's do this. Grandma's he was giving the modifications, but he was addressing people who would be adults or who don't have uh, as much ballet training as a professional dancer. He always addressed them as grandmas. Oh my gosh. And I know for my clients that would be so, um, it is just so
1: demoralizing, you know? Definitely. No one, I don't think anyone wants to be, the thing about, I think our clientele is that they already have enough limitations on themselves in their own minds. We don't need to add any more thoughts to put in their head that they may not be able to do something right. They, everyone, society has already told them that they can't be dancers if they didn't start at the age of five. Like we don't need to include any more of that. All we need is to encourage them that they can do it and that we expect that they could do it and that we've seen it happen and that they'll be able to do it too.
0: Yeah. 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 I absolutely agree. So for me, it's, uh, that's like the most fulfilling part. I remember I was talking to one woman in a private, she was in her seventies and I was like, She She was a dancer, and I don't know what I was telling her, but I was like, "Well, you know, this this step is uh, this exercise is for that." So then, when you do this variation on stage, because my teacher was always relaying it back to, which was so inspiring about her, about being on stage and all this kind of very. She was very very artistic. I just loved it. We all loved it, and and she and she said, "Oh, I just love that you keep talking about my ballet career." (laughs) So I just love it. Keep talking about it, you know. So. (laughs) but you know, she was half joking, but she liked that. I was like talking to her seriously about the minutia of uh, the profession, you know?
1: Yeah. Well, I think people um, in general, the people who I've met, don't go into they don't go into ballet just for the exercise. There's so many more efficient ways to exercise. They go in it for the dream. They go in it for the precision. They go in it for the detail, for the gracefulness, for the posture. Um, so I think it's it's worth giving all of that to them because that's what they're there for. Honestly, if you just want to work out and you want to get in shape, like literally, there's way better. There's way faster ways to do it. Oh the,
0: like, yeah, 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 absolutely. And when I started doing this online, I quickly changed uh, the way I was writing and addressing an audience because, of course, for me uh, personally, I love this NESF floor bar, it's, it's, I mean, for me, it's one of the best ways for me to work out so at first I said, Oh, maybe I should talk about, you know, and your is going like this and this and that, because what people were telling me like, Whoa, does this lift your butt? I was like, I don't know. I, I never thought about it that way. But for some people who are non-ballet, they, they come to get their butts lifted, you know, <laughs> even though I never really <laughs> took it to that account, but you know, apparently there's evidence. And, uh, but I quickly, I, um, I didn't feel like that was an, I I didn't really need to speak to somebody who had a bazillion choices of efficient exercise methods. Like I was like, I should speak to the ballet lovers. And what's interesting is I meet the most interesting people who you'd never guess would be interested in ballet. And they're like, you know, I wanted to, when I was five, but this person wouldn't let me, that person wouldn't let me, I'm a boy, this, that, that. And it's really like broken dreams. And so for me, it's like the floor was like the gateway, uh, drug of ballet don't <laughs> like a better word but uh it's you know it's a way to kind of yeah you know, I've had I mean, so many stories it's it's really touching and at the same time very bittersweet when someone's like okay I'm gonna safely go into this and you know do floor bar and you know which I love because after they can go to the ballet class and be a little bit more prepared because I understand and I'm sure, obviously you do too uh, how intimidating and overwhelming it can be to just throw someone into an open drop in advanced class. Yeah. Which may be the only time to do it in a work schedule. Right. You right. know? Like just go go to a steps class. Like you're not gonna get anything out of it. Like very little.
1: You know, to get negative out of it because you're gonna leave thinking horrible things about yourself if you don't come in with the right mindset.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So. Yeah. Um I it's it's totally totally broken dreams it is it's very difficult i mean the ballet world is you know there it's it's an interesting place because of course in order to be the top of the top you have to be the best of the best right there is that but then it feels like for so many people that there's no room for people who just are really good at it, right? You don't have to be the top top to enjoy it. And like, almost nobody is the top of the top, right? There's like five of them in the world, right? Maybe, maybe a thousand, a hundred, a thousand, right? So when you're thinking about the number of people, you don't, you don't have to be at the top of the top to have a really fulfilling and enjoyable time in ballet. You don't have to be at the top of the top to have a stage performance. You don't have to, you, you can, you can be like really, really, really good at it, and not have to get to that incredible level where you had to have started super young and have your oversplits and all that stuff.
0: It's yeah, not yeah, yeah.
1: to enjoy and love ballet.
0: And and it's I mean, because at the end of the day, it's about the practicing of the art form, and it's the daily aspect of it. It's almost like you know, people say like Peep for even then, yoga can get very competitive, from what I've heard. But it's the idea of it's a practice mm-hmm. and it's a craft. And I always, if I write, I usually use that term a lot. It's a craft. You keep working and tinkering, and you keep working at it without, yeah, of course you have the certain objectives and goals, and like, yes, point your foot, you know, sort of things. It's not, it's not just like, woo, but um, it's, it's it's the journey in a way that's supposed to be the most fulfilling thing. Um, and uh, And, yes, the destination – there will be a destination. but uh, also what I loved, um, uh, sorry, I always mention her, but what I love about my teacher because she completely changed my taste. I, as you know, Gelsie was in the right direction, but then Jacqueline kind of opened it up into she taught us to, she taught us about actual taste and how to look at ballet, which I really loved. It was And I remember telling Gelsey when I came back to give her my resignation. Uh, I told her everything and she was like, Oh, I agree. I agree. Yes, yes. You know, so it was on this. And I think, you know, Gelsey was also uh, to a certain degree about uh, kind of reviving ballet in a more sustainable and accessible way. And she felt that was through making it uh, to, to reinstate its artistic values mm-hmm. and not so much its gymnastic values, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I think, uh, I think part of ballet is for everyone and what we're doing. I mean, people need to understand ballet uh, as well. Uh, And there's, it turns out there's a huge demographic of people who want to understand ballet, huge, you know, who love ballet, who are willing, you know, who, as uh, you know, Hannah said, or if they could they would spend all of their disposable income on ballet. And so how come ballet companies are also broke? You know, if there's so many people it's because you exclude them maybe a little bit or you don't know you're not ac- finding the right messaging, you know, you're not reaching the right public. So, I don't know.
1: Yeah, the 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 you know, when I ran my when I ran my Denver studios, the messaging is not come and get exercise. The messaging is not let's come and dance around. The messaging is like let's learn technique, let's learn ballet technique, let's learn the details, let's study, let's commit to come every single week. Let's make this a structured program. Let's, you know, not just kind of mess around because the people who want to mess around, there's so many options, right? You don't you wouldn't come to a ballet class if that was what you wanted. So I think it's a matter of understanding the customer and understanding that like what adults really want, like, as you're saying, they want to learn about the craft, they want to learn all this stuff. I think people are going to love this episode with all these details about the professional okay. world and be able to dream and think about what that would be like to be, you know, in the competition and on stage. And I and I think that part of that is really um, un, is confusing when you couldn't imagine who would want to spend their free time on this that's very very difficult and you can it's hard to imagine sometimes that someone would choose this over other activities if you haven't done it yourself
0: yeah i i i always thought that ballet i mean it's it's a it's it's, it's a universal language as well and it's an uplifting one mm-hmm. you know and i i don't think i mean yeah like maybe some people say, oh, well, Shakespeare, nobody can understand Shakespeare, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, actually, he, you know, the language is very beautiful, but it's pretty. I mean, it's like a Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet was extremely successful. You just put Leonardo DiCaprio and you put a little beach shirt and everybody got it. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like, uh, so I think ballet Uh, I I do think uh, democratizing it and putting the right values in there and everybody can understand what's going on. And and it's not so much uh, um, make her skinnier, make her leg higher, make her even – excuse excuse me, I mean, I don't – a lot of uh, social media I don't think – not naming any names or anything. It's also very quite widespread, but there's a lot of stuff on social media. I'm like, I'm not sure. I mean, like you're using ballet, but I'm not sure you're opening ballet to the public. I think this is like not going in the right direction. I think this is a little inappropriate. I think a little girl shouldn't be looking at this, you know, like, I I don't know. Like I know, well, I'm just doing it because I wanted to, it's still uh, like what Gelsey was talking about. It's still an uplifting. It's there's something where we, we will pull you up to the level. We're not going to dumb it down for you. We're not going to, vulgarize it we're not gonna you know uh you know we we don't uh, excuse me but we're not gonna understand ballet better by putting on point shoes and twerking like that's not the same it's out of context it's not that's not ballet and i don't think someone's gonna be like this is my dream for ballet i get it now like aha you know go light bulb moment and maybe uh i can see how that could offend a lot of people but it's kind of mm, you know i i just i think they're there's, you know, between uh, black and white areas, a gray zone, and a whole range of colors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I think it's, um, I think, I really believe in, and I think this, why I was with Gelsey, I think a lot of it is we can, um, if, if we if we just message ballet differently, and just reevaluate some of the values, we don't have to, like, com- you know, we c- it can still touch people it still has it still has a universal value huh? mm-hmm. yeah. so my way of doing that is through floor bar because it's you know people they could just sit on the floor they don't need I just say just wear a pair of socks and you know lie down no yoga mat and we'll just start there <laughs> you know bend and stretch flex some point. let's you know <laughs> yeah
1: yeah, it's so true. It's so true. I think I think the tides are changing. I think actually ironically COVID will change the tides more than we expected it to. I think we all kind of can feel it changing in the performing arts world and you know the the as sad as so much of the loss is, out of loss always comes new opportunities and I think there's so many more conversations happening where artists now realize that they have access directly to the public through social media, through being able to publish virtual performances, smaller companies able to start working. And I think, I think it'll, I think the tides will start changing a little bit more quickly after, after this. whole. Yeah. Event.
0: I think something positive is, is happening. I have a good, I have a good feeling. I mean, it'll take some time, but I think it is cool that uh, a lot of professional dancers and, and people in the ballet world are, also using social, I feel more connected to the ballet world than ever yeah. due to COVID because I'm meeting people like you and all sorts of people who share my values
1: yeah.
0: um, and we, we make a, we all together can make quite a influence and a big, an impact, you know, Yeah, we yeah. might not have otherwise. <laughs>
1: So to wrap up our conversation, I always like to ask for your your last words of wisdom for our audience, either whether relating to floor bar or ballet in general, or anything you want to make sure you get out to our audience of wonderful adult dancers.
0: Oh my God, I've got to think. (laughs) Um, I would say um, my teacher always said that Jacqueline and said be sure to be passionate about what you can do and you can move mountains that way. Mm-hmm. And like she said, limitation is only a physical sensation. Just that's it's only in here. So yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's wonderful. The passion will take you very, very far. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you for such a... A wonderful conversation. It went so many awesome places. Thank you so much for your time today. What a pleasure it's been to be able to meet you and hear about your just wonderful mindset about ballet and and, uh, dance and all that stuff.
0: Thank you so much for having me.
1: (laughs) Thanks for listening. For more adult ballet, you can dance with us in our online studio with over 20 hours of live Zoom classes each week, including pre-point and point or our on-demand technique library with structured courses, variations, and recorded live classes. We also offer ballet exams just for adults, including ballet technique, point, and pre-point for individual feedback and guidance. Don't forget to follow our studio on Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook at Broche Ballet. I'm Julie, and this was Broche Banter. Happy dancing!